The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Voice America welcomes you to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Now, here's the host and CEO of BR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Good morning, everybody, and happy Thursday. This is a show about stars of PR, and some stars are great. Some stars really made a name for themselves because they're not so great, but we have really one of the great ones, and her name is Barbara Hanna. Grufferman, and um, she turned 50 and wanted to know how to be and stay healthy, fit, and stylish in the years ahead, so she consulted with leading medical fashion money, style, hair, makeup, and career experts, and created the first complete resource for women over 50. Um, Barbara has appeared everywhere, and um, apparently the world and readers love her book because she's been on the Today Show and Good Morning America and the early show and Dr. Oz and many, many, many more TV and radio shows. And she has a weekly column in the Huffington Post and is currently developing a television program geared to women over 50. And you can check out her website at www.bestofeverythingafter50.com. And we are lucky enough to have her on our show today. Welcome, Barbara. How did you like that intro? I loved it, Cindy. That was the best thing. I'm taping it. I'm using it. I'm going to repeat it over. Thank you so much. That was Really wonderful. It's uh, so listen. great to be here. <laughs> I'm so excited. I have to tell my listeners that you and I actually have crossed paths in another life, and that's really a lot of fun. I'm going to leave it up to you if you want to talk about it or not. <laughs> or I know. Right. Going back into the 80s, we were both in the magazine business, magazine publishing. I was... Um, in very, I was an executive of various companies. I started a magazine for teenage girls because I didn't like what I was seeing in magazines for teenage girls. And, um, and you know, it seems that we share a lot of the same contacts, and uh, I'm sure we crossed paths many, many, many times it was during really the 80s before absolutely. I moved on to a different industry of you know, conferences and now eventually into the wonderful world of book publishing. <laughs> well, <laughs> and you life know, after it's a transition 50. that makes a lot of sense. I mean, content is content, and I think that mm-hmm. if you were to think of everything in the 80s um, in the magazine world, of which you, know, you and I spent a lot of time, a natural progression, you know, is going into the digital world and or publishing books and a combination thereof. So it really was, you know, an evolutionary progression. <laughs> Absolutely, and I'm so happy that you and I both really followed along, and I'd like to say are leading it a bit too, but, uh, you know, we followed along the, in this progression, and it's been, um, you know, the whole world of content and, and editorial and, and messages and for a specific audience, it's always been something I've been fascinated with, something I've always wanted to be involved in, 
and was, as we mentioned, with magazines in the 80s and then conferences in the 90s, you know, live one-on-one conferences, and now with my book and, um, and my plans for, you know, hopefully doing a TV show and other books and the like. And, again, just, just getting messages out there. Um, and my message overall, in general, across the board, now that I'm over 50, is this. Embrace your age, and I'm going to send that message out there in every shape and form that I can, books and articles and radio interviews and TV and whatever, and, you know, lots and lots and lots of online. That's a big, big, big piece of my own personal puzzle is the online world, as, you know, you, know, you mentioned before, the progression there. And, um, and that's really just, I think, serving me very, very well and helping me to get that, that very important message out to primarily women, although it's a message for men and women. Of course. No, it is. I think that we men have to embrace themselves in their ages, too. And, um, but, you know, I think with women, it's a little bit more... Um, about cosmetic concerns and what, you know, we see a lot are people really trying to reverse the age clock. Mm-hmm. And I think what you do is you really convince people that that's really not the answer. I mean, external stuff that happens can be embraced. And, and you know, it's a part of how we, you know, mature. And just bec- we don't have to run and get facelifts every five years. but if you do you know this is something else i say often too if you choose to that's up to you but just make sure you're doing it for the right reasons if you're doing it because you want to look younger you want to fool the world into thinking that you're five years younger ten years younger for maybe that that job or that guy or that woman or you know that's not the best reason if it's because you know, you just want to feel better about yourself and you really feel that taking this step just might achieve that, go for it, whatever. No judgment. Women should really stop judging other women, period, across yeah, the board, I don't agree. you think? I agree. You know, so whatever you want to do. But um, if the embrace the age concept is really, it, it runs very deep because really what it means is this, just try to be the best, the healthiest, the fittest, that you can be whatever age you are, because guess what? If you do all those things, the natural connection is that you actually will look better. And often if you look better, you sometimes look a little younger. If you, if you just don't take care of yourself, let yourself go, aren't you know, exercising enough or eating well or getting enough sleep, as we all need to do, especially as we get older, it's going to show, and you won't feel good, and that's, the real critical thing here. That's what embracing your age means. I think that's really, really well said. And I don't want to go too far off topic, and I promise I won't. I just want to, you're right. If you are taking care of yourself no matter what, you're going to feel better and you're going to look better. Mm-hmm. There are people out here in L.A. that say, oh, we see your inner smile, you know, and I think that's so true. The only thing that I want to forewarn people in, and this comes from me spending so many years at Playboy, because you know I was there for 16 years and had the geo advantage of being moved from New York to Los Angeles and seeing things how, th- how things differ a little bit coast to coast. Yes. And um, the one thing that I just want to say is you're right. If a little bit of, you know, Botox makes you feel better, that's great. I mean, but do it for the right reasons. The only thing that I want to say is, is that sometimes 
people over-surgery themselves, and there comes a time where you can't pull any more skin back, and you have to kind of be careful of that. For sure, for sure. Now, Cindy, personally, and, you know, I never say never to anything in life. It's just, you just shouldn't, right? Be open, be open, be open. It's a good way to be. And, you know, right now at the age of 55, I've decided not to, to do anything. I'm really, I'm going to try my best to go with that, you know, only because that's my own personal decision. I'm doing very, very simple things for my skin, protecting it mostly with sunscreen, which I wish, of course, I had done when I was in my 20s, 30s, even 40s. Oh, we all did. (laughs) We grew up in an era where we had to go to Jones Beach with the sun reflectors. I mean, I know, and the iodine and the, you know, all of that kind of stuff. I know, I know. Listening to Credence. (laughs) Those were the days at Jones Beach. I know, it's all all true. But um, the really important thing, though, from a business perspective, I think, what we have to look at is um, what does the market, what's the market telling us? What is society telling us? What the media, what the TV shows, magazines, ads, what are they all telling us? Well, collectively still, I think they're telling us, you've got to look younger. And until we change that, I think it's still going to be a struggle for women. I think Primarily. you're right. Again, I men are right. in this too. I, you know, there is that kind of cultural pressure. There is a commercial for AT&T, and it might be local. I'm not sure if it's national, but it's the opposite of that. And it shows, I would say, maybe a 40-year-old woman, a 40-something woman, talking to her son saying, you got to get really cool on Facebook, and it shows her cousin who's also 40 something 50 like doing street dancing okay <laughs> and it makes the kids seem really silly and out of touch and it makes the 40 to 50 year old woman seem really cool okay yeah so that's well, the kind of advertising that i want to see more of <laughs> we do need more of that but i again this is this is where like the hard part comes in it's the no-brainer part but it's also hard is that we have to convince and this is part of what I feel my mission is in life going forward, convince women to embrace their age and to be more vigilant about it and rebellious about it so that marketers will really listen. If they really believe that that's the way the market is shifting, then they'll follow suit because they want people to buy their products. They, they want to make money. They want to sell their products and services. And so if women really take a stand on this and say, no, I'm embracing my age, don't use models that are airbrushed to perfection. Don't use models that are half our age to sell us products for, for us. And I think that if we really are more vocal, and we can be because, boy, oh, boy, are we a huge market and growing. Oh, yeah. Things like, oh, yeah. like every seven seconds, which is true, somebody is turning 50. We have a lot of celebrities in this market now. George Clooney's in it, Oprah, Madonna, you name it, Michelle um, Pfeiffer. Lots and lots and lots of celebrities, well-known names, are now in this field, in this market. And that's good. That's yeah, no, all good. Excellent. Well, you are definitely a very enthusiastic voice for We 50-somethings, and I do hope that your voice and your book and your you know, coming television program and development influences the way that you know, 
the culture begins to respond to it and marketers respond to it. And we'll talk more about that in the next segment. We um, only have a couple of minutes left in this one, but I want, again, for the listeners to check out Barbara's website, www.bestofeverythingafter50.com. You know, Barbara, you have been very inspirational to me, and I've only had, you know, one long conversation with you, and you made me feel really, really good about being 52 years old. Usually, you know, people don't like to say what their age is for some reason or another. Instinctually, I've always felt it was okay. (laughs) Yay, Cindy! And, um, you know, people shouldn't be. Why should people say, I'm 46? For 13 years after their 40s. I don't know. I don't get it, but I really, I hope that together we can, we can change the way that is. We can change that. And I believe we can. And uh, we are. No, I, I think so too. So in the next segment, Barbara, I really want to talk a little bit more about the culture. I want to kind of make believe that we're in a marketing meeting selling a brand, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, why we have to spend more. Again, this is fictional okay, on the 50-plus female market for certain products because, um, you know, and even if they don't, even if you wouldn't think that they would be a 50-plus product, do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, why people have buying power, women, when they, you know, are north of 50, mm-hmm. um, just as much as the 24 to 34-year-olds, which used to be so popular when you and I were in the magazine business. People would only think 24 plus, mm-hmm, 24 mm-hmm. to 34, that magic market, you know, the get set, if you will. Mm-hmm. But now I think things are different, and mm-hmm. I think that there's been a shift. So let's talk about that a little bit in the next segment. It will be fun. Stand by. Don't go away. More after this commercial break. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. Stimulating talk. It gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where you're Opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. If you have a question or comment, call in at 1 866 472 5788. Now, back to the show. Here's Cindy Rakowitz. 
We're back, and I'm talking to Barbara Hannah Grefferman, and she has written a book, and it talks about the best of everything after 50, and um, she is a very encouraging, motivating, brilliant, successful, beautiful woman, so it's, uh, you know, if you haven't heard the first segment, make sure you go back after you download the show and tune in one segment earlier because she has a lot to say and she's certainly very encouraging. You know, Barbara, in the earlier segment, I talked about that AT&T commercial and um, it, it demonstrated to me a marketing shift, a psychographic shift rather than, a, you know, a demographic shift. And the way big marketers are thinking about their advertising, mm-hmm. and it seems to be, you know, it, it's almost reinforcing the fact that the, the, the 45 to 50-year-old woman can be a lot more influential in her, you know, in her mind than her teenage boy. <laughs> and a lot more well said, impactful. Huh? Uh-huh. I'm sorry. Well said. Well said. You know what's interesting about that? You said there's a psychographic shift. Yes, but as we all know, marketers chase the money. They they want to go where the the money is, where the dollars are, where the dollars to spend are, and it is a demographic shift because this market, as I said in the first segment, is growing. It's growing in leaps and bounds. We're living longer. We're healthier in general, although obesity remains a big issue in this oh, country. Oh, well, all not ages. for our age. Like, I know. Like, <laughs> let's not even go there, right? Mm-hmm. And that's like a whole other show, Cindy. You'll have to bring me on just to talk about that. <clears throat> you got it. <laughs> but there is a shift, a demographic shift, and I agree with you that marketers are now sensing it, and they are starting to look at it more and more. And I think that my message is resonating with, again, I speak mostly to women, although this message really resonates, I think, with both men and women, about embracing your age and standing your ground and standing strong about embracing your age and and, and, and really asking or demanding that marketers respect us and um, offer us products and services in a way with the message that is respectful and geared directly to us. And this is all happening. I really I agree with you. I think it really is happening, and it's very, very encouraging. But, again, it's because it is a demographic shift. The, the money is here. Now, to your point about, you know, a woman in her 40s or 50s has, um, I forget exactly you put it, more purchasing power than her 17-year-old son. Well, for sure. And in fact, this demographic, those over 50, and specifically what they call the alpha boomer market, which is 55 to 64, Mm -hmm. is a highly targeted market now because, you know, most of us are still working and we are at the peak of our power across the board, marketing power, spending power, political power, Power in general, and oh, I like so you, you know, that. and that marketers are finally paying attention to this. So it's really, really, really great. I feel very fortunate to be a woman in my fifties. I'm fifty-five now. I just turned fifty-five uh, last month. Um, at this time, you know, as opposed to <laughs> during you know, maybe my 
grandmother's generation. Or it's it's a good time to be in this age group. I think so. And so much is happening in our world, and it's almost like the world needs leaders. I mean, there's you know a lot of chaos and you know the economic recession and you know Occupy protests and mall melees and you know, sinking ships where the cruise line company doesn't even come out and make a comment. I mean, <laughs> the world is a crazy place right now, and I think that there's a vacuum, if you will, for opinion leaders and, um, you know, strong people that have experience. You know, the Alpha Booma is a good set, and it's a good name. It's, um, you know, when we don't have the leaders that we need who are the voices that the world is going to listen to? Right. That's right. And, Not only um, that, there's also a, um, I think there's a gap in the market or gap in the void in the world for good news, for positive news, good news, encouraging news. And that I see, too. You know, it's, it's so easy to talk about all the bad stuff that can happen as you age. The physical, the um, you know, the health and the physical, and the mental deterioration, and the loss of jobs, and you know all the other stuff that happens to you and those around you. But you know what? There's a whole other side that needs to be discussed more and more, and that's something else that I'm, you know, hoping to uh, uh, encourage more and more. It's like, let's look at all the goods, and there is so much good. There is so much good to talk about that really, I think, helps people in their 50s who might have been saying, well, I think it's time for me to give up and give in, and I think it's time for me to run for the hills or run to the nearest plastic surgeon. It's, I think that there's a, a real gap, it's like an information gap in the market for that kind of good news. I know. I think you're right. Well, you know, talk about some of the good news that, I mean, aside from the fact that you know, fifty, you know, fifty plus men and women have a lot of great things to say. I mean, that's a big thing. I mean, it gives people hope for an extended, fun, healthy, long, another fifty years to live. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not underestimating that. But what else is good? <laughs> I'm not putting you on the spot or anything. You know what's really. the best good that I the best good, if I can name one, like my top number one good. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> we like a number one good. My number one good is that it's never too late. It is never too late to start fitness program, to start walking more, maybe even running a little bit. You know, I, I do a walking, running program, and in fact, I ran in the New York City Marathon this year just a few months ago because I do this walk-run program, and I did it the whole way. And it's never too late to eat better. It's never too late to start to wear sunscreen and treat your skin better. And you will see results no matter how old you are. You can start to improve your bone density no matter how old you are. So there are people who I think for, you know, their whole lives, they thought, oh, once you hit 50 or 60, you know, that's pretty much it. Whatever my fate is, I'll have to accept it. And that just is not true. It's never too late to start a business. You can start a business. You, you probably have the skills, the talent, the confidence, the network now that you didn't have when you were in your 20s and 30s. The time, your kids might be grown. 
college or out of the house or about to be like like mine I have one I have two daughters one is um will be starting college uh, in the fall I still can't believe it mm. but um <laughs> congratulations wow. it's amazing but you see my point it's ne- never too late and I think that that message must be screamed out there in the world that no don't think that it's over it isn't no, I think you're right. I, well, you touch upon kids going to college, and you know, one thing that I want to share is because nobody prepared me for um, you know the empty nesting thing, or you know, really sort of a postpartum depression that you know comes later in life rather mm-hmm. than after you just have the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, not so much, by the way, after they went to college, but figuring out that when they graduated from college, they decided not to come back. <laughs> that's my biggest fear. I uh, know. You know, we talked about it a little fear. bit when we were chatting on the phone. So, I mean, it's the one thing that I want to add to your mantra and say this. Um, just be prepared, okay, because if you're, clo- if you're a great mom and you're close with your children, be prepared for that moment where they might go away to school and they might really, really like where they're, where they're living mm-hmm. and um, discover a new social network and a new set of friends and decide that they might not want to live home again. And that's, you know, that's one thing that I just want to forewarn, um, you know, 40 to 50-something moms about is just know that that might happen and just be happy for your children that they became so independent and that they feel so confident in, you know, starting their lives in another place. It doesn't mean that you're out of it. It just means that they've discovered something that's very, very central to how they are growing and building themselves. Yes. And um, what? And I, if what, you've been a good parent, you know the general you, and they're a, the, the the child is able to do that, and, and with confidence, you've done a masterful job. Exactly. One of my favorite books, by the way, for parenting, you know, talking about parenting issues, challenges, is the blessing of a skin knee. Have you ever read it? No. Oh, it's fantastic. It's it's about maybe ten years old now. Really wonderful. Uh, written by an I think L.A. based psychologist and and uh one of the things that really resonated with me from the book was she said something like the author said something like um remember this your children aren't yours you don't own them they've been given to you to hold on to you're you you've borrowed them for a while and then they have to go on I love that. It's you know, so it's true. It's a very powerful thought that, you know, we don't own our children. Yes, they're our children, but they're not ours in that respect. They belong to the world. And now they have to go off and find their place in that world, and that may not be in your backyard. It's tough. No, well, listen, I wish I, you know what, I should have read the book when I was going through my postpartum depression after I found out that, you know, my Southern California girl was becoming a Northern California girl. (laughs) But, you know, it does get better, and then you get really proud, which really reflects what you're saying from the book. You get really proud. If they're self-sustained and really, really happy in their own world, you did everything that you had to do as a parent. That's right. And that's very empowering. And that's really our job as parents, and that's, that's really the basic premise of that book, The Blessing of a Skin Knee, is that 
our job really is to create good citizens, productive citizens who can get out there and, again, find their place in the world with confidence. Oh, it's so good job. That's so great. That's really great. Well, listen, we're coming to the end of this segment. I told you that this show goes really fast. When I first told you, oh, you're going to be on 45 minutes to an hour, you're like, ah. But <laughs> oh, I'm having so much fun. Oh, really, me too. so much fun. Me too. But stand by, and then we'll talk about some of your favorite excerpts from your book. Okay, mm-hmm. I know that you talked about a few throughout the show, but I'm sure that there's more. And um, don't go away because we'll have more with Barbara. Hannah Grufferman, when we come back. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com Streaming live. The leader in internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com Get free advice from crisis communications guru Cindy Rakowitz now. Call 866-472-5788. Let's get back to Stars of PR. Here's the host and CEO of PR Public Relations, Cindy Rakowitz. Um, I just want to say in this last segment that, uh, last segment with Barbara Hannah Grufferman anyway, that um, stand by because I think we're going to have a cameo from one of the bidders for the L.A. Dodgers, um, one of the underdogs, Joshua Macchiello, the guy that swears that he could outbid everyone, and um, it's going to be fun to have him on, his sh- on our show. By the way, he's 36, but... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Getting a lot of airplay for a 36-year-old dude here in Los Angeles, and I know that um, I know that you know the Dodgers too, don't you, Barbara? I mean, um, or now now I'm confusing that with other copies. Sorry, I'm sure you know the Dodgers because they are oh, originally sure. from New York. <laughs> but I I admit I'm a Yankee fan. Oh, okay. Well, you know what? I was a Mets fan, but that's okay because I was for a while. During my Jones Beach days, I was a Mets fan, but, you know, since I've been living in Manhattan. <laughs> I know, no, no, I understand. I don't know, I switched gears. Well, they do have beautiful, uh, each of the teams have um, beautiful new stadiums in yes. New York. So that's really something fantastic. that a New Yorker can be really proud of. Yes. Okay, let's talk about other things in your book. I know that you touched upon some really great issues, but, number one, other things, other important messages in your book that people 
should know, but also your journey, um, very, very successful. I mean, a lot of people are writing books, but you managed to really make great, great media appearances. So in this final segment with you, I wanted to touch upon both of those things. Thank you. And um, I'd like to say I um, report I'm very excited that my book has just gone, it's only a little over a year old, has just gone into its fifth printing. Wow. Yes, it's, um, it's wonderful. And again, because I think it really resonates with people. They just wanted what I wanted. I wrote this book for me, and I was very clear about that up front. Whenever I've been on radio or TV talking about the book, I really wrote this book for me because when I turned 50, well, I couldn't believe it. I said, what? 50? What do I do now? What don't I do? And I had a lot of questions because... When I was in my 20s, 30s, 40s, it just seemed like one long decade that just zoomed by with jobs and family and community and children and, you know, life. And then there I was, 50, and I really wasn't sure. And then I also had gone through menopause, was starting to pack on a few post-menopausal pounds, as they call them, and, and I didn't know really what to do about anything. And then the first thing you do, of course, now that we're in this world of the Internet, is go on the Internet. Of course. And I became even more confused because there was so much information and so much of it was conflicting. So I decided to, instead of putting the proverbial blanket over my head, I decided to make a wish list, like a dream list of experts in every field and go to them, if they agreed to see me, of course, interview them, get their programs, their suggestions, their advice, follow it, and then once I knew for sure everything really worked and made sense and really worked for me, and I feel I'm a very average, typical, you know, midlife woman, then I would write the book, and that's exactly what I did. I lost the 15 pounds, I've kept it off for now two and a half years, I'm stronger than ever. All of my health checks, meaning cholesterol and blood pressure, they were always okay to begin with, like when I started this, but they improved. Everything got better physically. I pared back my wardrobe. I, one of my favorite things of all, I decided to throw away my blow dryer. Now, You've seen the photo of me. I've got this kind of natural, curly, wavy hair. That's Beautiful, for decades. Beautiful, long, long, curly yeah, hair, like a lion's mane. Yes. Who says you can't have long hair for a while? If it's healthy and it looks good on you, go for it. It's beautiful. No rules about, oh, got to have short hair or over the shoulder and all that. But I, I did go back. It, it's this whole approach to life. It's, it's less is more, minimalism at its best paring back where you can to be, have more space and room in your life for what's truly important to you going forward. And one of those little things was blow-drying my hair for half an hour every day that I had been doing for decades. So out the window through the blow-dryer. Well, you know and I've those... never been happier. It's been freeing. You know what? You're right. For, but for those of us that don't have the long hair, you could get a Lassio treatment and you don't have to use the blow-dryer either. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't matter. Long hair, short hair, curly hair, straight hair. It doesn't matter. The whole message is let your hair, just like embrace your age, Embrace your hair, whatever it is. Let it be what it was meant to be. You'll save time. Your hair will thank you. 
How about how about the color situation? Oh, I'm not oh, quite ready to let the gray show. I know. Show. Very, very good uh, question there. I went to Frederick Fakai. Everyone knows who he is. He's so charming, unbe- like truly charming. And uh, anyway, he's very clear about this. He said, that Barbara, the most modern thing that women can do over 50 is to not diet a single color, like all blonde, all brunette, all red, whatever the color choice is, but instead let their natural hair come in, including the gray, and either go all gray, that could be a very good look on a lot of women, we've all seen it, can be beautiful, or if you don't want to go quite that far, do what I, and this is what I do now, it's get highlights, I get blonde highlights, I have my natural color coming in with some gray coming in with some blonde highlights coming in, it's a nice mixture, and I, I like the way it looks, I like the way it feels. And it just feels very real to me. And um, as I get older, I may do less blonde. You know, I'll see as I go. I'm a work in progress. You're, yeah, no, you're, you're progressively. I think that, of course, Frederick Brookhai is the man. So that's very, very good advice. And um, me too. I'm just doing, you know, some highlights rather than the even color can get very, very heavy. Um, yes, and make it can you be look very older, draining. So. You it can know. be a draining look on the face if you're all like that solid block of color or too dark or too light. It's a much softer look, and it's, just, it's also easier in terms of maintenance. Yeah, no, definitely, absolutely. Well, again, you're very, very beautiful. I told you that when I oh, saw your pictures. Thank and, thank you know, you. Just, just beautiful. Talk about, okay, so you did the book. We know why you did the book, and we know what your message is. You know, I know that you grew up in, you know, the media business, the publishing business, and that made you a little bit more media savvy than others, but you really did get a lot of appearances. I mean, incredible. And Mm -hmm. our common friend Terry Bunofsky said that not only in terms of media appearances, but in terms Mm -hmm. of book promotions and all of that kind of stuff that Mm -hmm. you really were genius. Talk a little bit about that since, <laughs> since it is a PR show. Hey, maybe Chair. you can write a book about it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you so much. It's been a wonderful year and a half, almost year and a half. It's been amazing, actually. And um, I'm on the radio about average about once a week somewhere in the country. And, um, you know, TV, uh, you mentioned the shows I've been on already. Uh, in fact, I had the good fortune of having my book launch. The launch day was uh, on the Today Show. And Ann Curry interviewed me, and it was a nice, long interview with a big poster of the book cover. I mean, it was just amazing. I still pinch myself when I think about it. And that was really just reaching out. I sent letters and sent letters, and my publisher, Running Press, wonderful publisher, they uh, appealed and said, this is a market that is underserved, and this is a a first resource book for women over 50. You've got to look at it. You've got to pay attention to it. So that's really what started the whole ball rolling, was that appearance on the Today Show. And then after that, I was getting invitations from the other media and Dr. Oz, and it just, it just keeps on going, I have to say. Um, and um, I, I have found, amazingly enough, for anyone out there who's listening, who has a business or a book or anything, follow my suit. I have found that um, being very active on Facebook and now on Twitter, I'm 
starting to build that a bit more. That's been very, very helpful to me, too. I've really connected to a lot of people in the media through Facebook and through Twitter who have said, wow, you know, I love your book, and can you be on my show, or gee, I want you to meet so-and-so. There's been a lot of connections made in that way. And so I'm finding that social media has been a very, very big help to me, big help to promoting my book, which is one reason why I'm considering having my next book, and I'm, I'm working on it right now, be strictly an e-book, and I'm considering that. Well, we could talk about that another time on another show or even offline because I could share with you everything that I've learned about e-books, Barbara. Mm-hmm. We have come to the end of your segments on the show, and I want everybody to go to www.bestofeverythingafter50.com so that you could really learn more in depth what Barbara's all about. You captured a little bit here on the show today, and she is just phenomenal. I I think that she's better than any motivational speaker that I've ever heard. (laughs) Oh, thank you so much. I mean, it's really, really true. I mean, you are just incredible, and I feel like you and I even... We were in the same time and space at the same time, and I, you know, it makes me feel like I'm sort of a, you know, a psychographic twin. Yes, and we, are, we are connected. We are connected. And um, I want to wish you luck, and this show can be um, downloaded as soon as tomorrow, I'm sure, if you go to voiceamerica.com, go into Cindy Rakowitz, look on the right where the shows are, and it will say, you know, January shows, and you should be right there, Barbara. So I look forward to having you on the air again, and I wish you so much of the best of luck. Congratulations on everything. Thank you, Cindy. I'll, I'll speak to you very, very soon. All right. You take care. Stand by for Joshua Macchiello, who is bidding for the Dodgers and getting a lot of press himself. Don't go away. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Movie premieres, TV specials, radio shows, film festivals, restaurant openings, fashion shows, charity events, product launches, parties, media training. At VR Public Relations, we do everything except make empty promises. Grand openings, crisis management, speaking engagements, television, movies, radio shows. VR Public Relations gets the job done, whether it's an intimate party or a huge film festival. In fact, you've probably seen our work in the New York Times, on the evening news, CNN, and the morning shows. Now, it's time for us to assist you. Turn saleability into profitability with the help of VR Public Relations. Visit us online at www.vrpublicrelations.com or call 1-818-783-3307. Movie premieres, charity events, TV specials, radio shows. VR Public Relations. We do it all. www.vrpublicrelations.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Cindy Rakowitz has won more awards then she can hang on her wall, including three Cleos. Call in now at 1-866-472-5788 and you can have one. 
Okay, maybe not. But she will answer your questions. Back to Stars of PR with Cindy R. That's right. We're in the final segment of Stars of PR, and um, we certainly have a PR star with us here in our in this segment. His name is Joshua Macchiello, and he is bidding for the L.A. Dodgers, and he has been everywhere on the news and um, TV appearances, radio appearances, in print and on the web. Welcome, Joshua, my old friend. Hi, how you doing? I might be uh, my publicist's nightmare today after I get off my chest what I'm going to say today. <laughs> well, I feel bad for your publicist. I hope that you treat her well because I have to say that, um, you know, you've been, you've been getting a lot of airplay, though. Yes, I have. I've been, uh, I've been all over the place, and it's, it's, it's with, you know, good reason. You know, I, uh, I am the underdog in this, this bidding process, and it seems to be playing itself out that, you know, it's going to play that way out until victory is, is in my corner. So, you know, I'm going to have to uh, turn up my game and, and put some pressure on Bud C. League and Major League Baseball to, to pay attention to this little guy here in California. Yeah, it's tough, but remember, you always made an analogy to Rocky, and That's Rocky right. wasn't, he had to face some pretty tough obstacles himself. It wasn't like, boom, boom, hey, I'm the winner when I'm back either. No, you, you know, it's, uh, it's a tough, look, Bud Seeley's got a tough job running Major League Baseball in its own right, so I give him a lot of credit. But, you know, the thing is, is there's a lot of other groups in this bidding process that we found out didn't have to go to some of the obstacles that I'm going through right now. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm up for the fight. I'm not worried about it, but it's just, uh, it's just really interesting. We, we were working 11 o'clock last night with New York, which means it was, you know, well in past midnight uh, trying to figure this whole thing out. But I still believe in my heart, Cindy, that I will be victorious at the end. I know, and I, you know, we only can hope for that, and we're putting out the vibes, but you certainly, you know, made yourself known, you know, not only locally in Los Angeles, although, you know, because you are, you know, a Studio City guy, a lot of people are, you know, kind of amplifying that, you know, but you've made some national news, too. I mean, you were talked about in the Associated Press, and, um, Certainly a lot of the stuff that you're doing is now podcasted, so everything that you do, everybody can see. It's not like the old days where you do local television and it's just, you know, relegated to that marketplace. Well, I have a lot of fans on the East Coast, and, you know, a lot of people have been supportive. You know, the Dodgers, they come from Brooklyn originally, so there's a lot of people following me on the East Coast, and it feels really good to... uh, to have that support, you know, uh, but my goal, you know, in this next, uh, I'd say, week or two is to put a lot of pressure on Major League Baseball to sit down with me because, you know, the truth of the matter is, even if I'm not Mark Cuban, I'm getting a lot of the Mark Cuban, he's like a Mark Cuban and this Mark Cuban, and, you know, and we know what happened the last time he tried to buy a couple of ball clubs, it didn't work out. So for me, you know, I, I honestly want to put a lot of pressure on Bud Seeley to sit down with me and to say, hey, let me hear what this guy has to say because the truth of the matter is, is, I'm the best guy for this team, and it's not just me saying it. It's millions of fans saying that this guy is who we want to be in there. So what I really, really hope is that through the next couple of days, through the contacts that I have with Bud, that I will get that meeting with him. I'll fly to New York for a day, and uh, we'll put this whole thing to bed, and, and the man who deserves the team will be victorious, and that will be Josh Macchiello. Yes. No, I, and why don't you talk a little bit about you know, your baseball background and how passionate you are about managing the team and um, owning the team, and but a little bit more hands-on than a lot of owners and some of the changes that you want to make for the better. 
Well, you know, I've been counseling, you know, getting counseled by guys like Tommy Lasorda. Uh, you know, we, we probably sit down, I'd say, once a week, either dinner or lunch. You know, with Tommy, it's got to be a food kind of, uh, kind of meeting. So, uh, you know, and, and we, we have a blast. And, you know, talking to this gentleman, you know, he, he's realized as well as myself how much I actually do know about the game of baseball. You know, I've played this game my whole life. My mom would dress me up as a kid and, and take me to Yankee Stadium and, and to Shea Stadium, and it didn't matter where there was a ball game. We, we were watching it. So, you know, I, I really, really loved the atmosphere of, of having that whole family atmosphere going on, and Dodger Stadium's missing that. And there's some things that I said that I'd like to implement into Dodger Stadium. You know, I'm, I'm the guy that I think we have the deepest pockets coming in. I mean, I'm almost certain that there is no other group that can spend the money that we're willing to spend there and build, build a, a wiffle ball park or build a, a little league stadium around around there. So basically, you know, these kids have a family atmosphere. They have a safe atmosphere. You know, talking about security that I've been saying, you know, having my own police force, uh, LAPD right there, you know, the actual uh, academy is not too far away from the stadium. So, you know, implemented our own police force there so that the families could feel safe after the, you know, incident that happened last year. These are the kind of things that, you know, people are telling me, you sound like a used car salesman. Why? Because I want to make your life better and and make you happy. I mean, you know, it's the funniest thing to me. You can't please everybody, but you know, these are the kind of ideas that that we want to implement, and we feel could go a long way. Uh, you know, with this team being a winner and everybody having an enjoyable time at Dodger Stadium. And we could only hope for that, and we think you could do it. You cert- we know that you certainly have, you know, the bucks to outbid, and um, you know, I, um, you know, we're all rooting for you. You have your fans who have created your website. Why don't you talk about that? Yeah, it's joshfordodgers.com, and uh, you could tweet me at, at Josh Macchiello. And the fans have been amazing. I mean, you know, to, to wake up one morning and, and you know, have a, an email saying, here, check this out, and you see Josh for Dodgers, and you got your picture on, and they made all these clips with, with Rocky music in the background, and, and your interviews implemented. I mean, it's, you know, I, I was crying my eyes out. I'm a sensitive guy. I'm one of those passionate Italian kind of guys. So it was, uh, it was really awesome. And, and every day to wake up to these people saying, you know, one more round, go get them, you know, it's it's kind of awesome. So you know, yeah, you guys go check out joshfordodgers.com and and tweet me, and I answer all tweets and emails. I'm one of those guys that if you happen to get my email address, at which people are doing, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll I'll send the reply email back, and you know, I'll tweet all day long with anybody. So it's. You know, I'm, I'm one of the guys that's moving with technology. You know, I'm not an owner that's going to, you know, just feel that I, you know, I'm too good for everybody else. No, I, and I think that's you're bringing a youth sensibility to, you know, to an organization that needs some youth injection. I agree. Right? <laughs> so, um, you know, you talk about you want to take it into the digital era. You, that's right. You have some very, very good ideas. Um, you know, every great organization needs to have young minds for proper succession. And and you just might be the answer to that. Well, I uh, I sure as hope you know that everybody else feels that way. That's that's important in this deal, and uh, we're going to work every day until until we're buried underneath and find out that we we didn't get this thing. Which you know, again, with with all the the hard work that me and my group has been putting forward, I I don't see that happening. I I still know in my heart we will own this team when it comes time for ownership change. Well, you know, the ownership change, for those that don't know, I mean, uh, a decision does have to be made by April 1st, am I correct? April 1st, that's right. Uh, you know, Mrs. McCourt has to get paid, or you know, Miss McCourt. <laughs> yeah, yeah, now, right? <laughs> that's right. And, um, and, you know, I'm listen, I'm at the point, and I've been saying this, Cindy, everywhere, you know, uh, our bid 
without giving it away, is astronomical compared to everybody else's. And I think that that sort of with me being the unknown factor and coming out of nowhere uh, has been playing against us and that we're bidding so much, but it has nothing to do with the money with my group. We want the people to be happy. We are literally paying for the people's happiness, and it starts at Dodger Stadium, and we want to see it grow to across the country because baseball is America. It's family's game. It's, you know, there's no hope in America right now. That's the truth. And all these other recessions in the past and depressions, they always had hope. And I think right now people have a sense that there's no hope out there. So my group and myself that have boatloads of money are willing to buy that against big business and against this country. We're willing to buy hope for people. And we're not hedge fund guys. You know, we're guys that are just regular Joes that have worked hard and made money. And now we want to spend it back on the people, which is most important. Yeah, I know. And you're putting, I have to say, like, just knowing you, you are putting so much into this. And, you know, I, you know, you have a whole bunch of people rallying for you. And um, we can only hope that you get the meetings. And I think knowing you, you're going to say, what hope? I'm getting the meetings. That's right. Forget about <laughs> it. <laughs> I mean, I what hope? Why are you using the word hope? We have to talk like an emphatic exclamation point. So we have <laughs> That's right. I agree. And, you know, that, that look, the, all the proper things are going to unfold. It's been this whole process for me different than I think everybody else in it has been magical. I can honestly say that how my partners came about and all that, it's going to make a heck of a book uh, when this thing's all said and done and, and not a book that we're looking to make money. I want to always say that. People will say, oh, we want to make money in a book. No, I'm willing to donate every dollar my book makes to charity. This is the kind of person that wants to own the Dodgers. But it's a book that somebody who has no direction later can read and say, wow, look at what they went through. And that's pretty much you know what we're looking to do. Look, there's guys my age that are as brilliant as, as, you know, as the stuff I'm doing. They could do this kind of stuff. And, you know, they just need a little inspiration, a little kick in the butt, as they say, to, to get them going. And I think that I could supply that. Oh, well, you know, we think so, too, and so do your fans, most importantly, and the Dodger fans. I mean, it's the Dodgers fans that have chosen you. You are the people's guy. I'm the average Joe, as they say. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we um, have to end this segment. I, we, we book our shows way in advance, but I had to get you in because you are so topical and, you know, such a, you know, a story of hope and a story of persistence. Um, you know, an American success story, you always say you came from nothing and now you're in a position to, you know, outbid anyone for the Dodgers. That's a big deal. It's a pretty big deal, and listen, I, I can't thank you enough. You, you do a fantastic job, and uh, I appreciate you taking uh, time to put me on the schedule. Well, listen, I, um, you know, we, again, you, you are doing everything that the world should know about. Now it's just a matter of getting certain pieces in place, and you'll do it. I know. I'm not worried. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, this was Joshua Macciello, and um, he is bidding for the Dodgers, and everybody could go take a look at the fan site, you know, um, joshfordodgers.com. Am I right, Josh? That's right. Joshfordodgers.com. Okay. Uh, at Josh Macciello. <laughs> all right, and he'll tweet you and Facebook you and all of that kind of stuff. Thanks for coming on the show, and have fun with the pack. Thanks, Cindy. Okay. All right, everybody, have a safe week, and I'll see you next week when we talk a little bit more about Internet promotion with a young lady that's written a book about how to promote anything through the Internet, and it's written really, really well. Her name is Kristen Havens, and I'll see you then. Everybody take care. Thank you for listening to Stars of PR with Cindy R. Please come back next Thursday and every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern. 
for more insider information on the world of public relations with Cindy Rakowitz on Stars of PR. See you next week. Bye, everybody.